0: Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. John Locke's Second Treatise on Government, Chapters 3 and 4 Chapter 3 of The State of War Section 16 The state of war is a state of enmity and destruction, And therefore declaring by word or action, not a passionate and hasty, but a sedate, settled design upon another man's life, puts him in a state of war with him against whom he has declared such an intention, and so has exposed his life to the other's power to be taken away by him, or anyone that joins with him in his defense, and espouses his quarrel. It being reasonable and just, I should have a right to destroy that which threatens me with destruction. For by the fundamental law of nature, man being to be preserved as much as possible, when all cannot be preserved, the safety of the innocent is to be preferred. And one may destroy a man who makes war upon him, or has discovered an enmity to his being, for the same reason that he may kill a wolf or a lion, because such men are not under the ties of the common law of reason have no other rule but that of force and violence, and so may be treated as beasts of prey, those dangerous and noxious creatures that will be sure to destroy him whenever he falls into their power. Section 17. And hence it is that he who attempts to get another man into his absolute power does thereby put himself into a state of war with him, it being to be understood as a declaration of a design upon his life. For I have reason to conclude that he who would get me into his power without my consent would use me as he pleased when he had got me there, and destroy me too when he had a fancy to it. For nobody can desire to have me in his absolute power, unless it be to compel me by force to that which is against the right of my freedom, that is, make me a slave." To be free from such force is the only security of my preservation, and reason bids me look on him as an enemy to my preservation, who would take away that freedom which is the fence to it, so that he who makes an attempt to enslave me thereby puts himself into a state of war with me. He that, in the state of nature, would take away the freedom that belongs to anyone in that state must necessarily be supposed to have a design to take away everything else, that freedom being the foundation of all the rest. As he that, in the state of society, would take away the freedom belonging to those of that society or commonwealth, must be supposed to design to take away from them everything else, and so be looked on as in a state of war. Section 18 This makes it lawful for a man to kill a thief, who has not in the least hurt him, nor declared any design upon his life, any farther than, by the use of force, so to get him in his power, as to take away his money, or what he pleases from him. Because using force, where he has no right to get me into his power, let his pretense be what it will, I have no reason to suppose that he, who would take away my liberty, would not, when he had me in his power, take away everything else, And therefore it is lawful for me to treat him as one who has put himself into a state of war with me, that is, kill him if I can. For to that hazard does he justly expose himself, whoever introduces a state of war, and is aggressor in it. Section 19. And here we have the plain difference between the state of nature and the state of war, which, however, some men have confounded, are as far distant as a state of peace, goodwill, Mutual assistance and preservation, and a state of enmity, malice, violence, and mutual destruction, are one from another. Men living together according to reason, without a common superior on earth, with authority to judge between them, is properly the state of nature. But force, or a declared design of force, upon the person of another, where there is no common superior on earth to appeal to for relief, is the state of war and it is the want of such an appeal gives a man the right of war even against an aggressor though he be in society and a fellow subject thus a thief whom i cannot harm but by appeal to the law for having stolen all that i am worth i may kill when he sets on me to rob me but of my horse or coat because the law which was made for my preservation where it cannot interpose to secure my life from present force which, if lost, is capable of no reparation, permits me my own defense, and the right of war, a liberty to kill the aggressor, because the aggressor allows not time to appeal to our common judge, nor the decision of the law, for remedy in a case where the mischief may be irreparable. Want of a common judge with authority puts all men in a state of nature. Force without right upon a man's person makes a state of war, both where there is, and is not, a common judge. Section 20 But when the actual force is over, the state of war ceases between those that are in society, and are equally on both sides subjected to the fair determination of the law, because then there lies open the remedy of appeal for the past injury, and to prevent future harm. But where no such appeal is, as in the state of nature, for want of positive laws, and judges with authority to appeal to, the state of war, once begun, continues, with a right to the innocent party to destroy the other whenever he can, until the aggressor offers peace and desires reconciliation on such terms as may repair any wrongs he has already done, and secure the innocent for the future. Nay. Where an appeal to the law and constituted judges lies open, but the remedy is denied by a manifest perverting of justice, and a barefaced resting of the laws to protect or indemnify the violence or injuries of some men or party of men, there it is hard to imagine anything but a state of war. For wherever violence is used and injury done, though by hands appointed to administer justice, it is still violence and injury." however colored with the name, pretenses, or forms of law, the end whereof being to protect and redress the innocent, by an unbiased application of it, to all who are under it. Wherever that is not bona fide done, war is made upon the sufferers, who having no appeal on earth to right them, they are left to the only remedy in such cases, an appeal to heaven. Section 21 To avoid this state of war, wherein there is no appeal but to heaven, and wherein every the least difference is apt to end, where there is no authority to decide between the contenders, is one great reason of men's putting themselves into society, and quitting the state of nature. For where there is an authority, a power on earth, from which relief can be had by appeal, there the continuance of the state of war is excluded." and the controversy is decided by that power. Had there been any such court, any superior jurisdiction on earth, to determine the right between Jephthah and the Ammonites, they had never come to a state of war. But we see he was forced to appeal to heaven. The Lord the Judge, says he, be judged this day between the children of Israel and the children of Ammon. Judges 11.27 And then prosecuting and relying on his appeal, he leads out his army to battle. And therefore in such controversies, where the question is put, Who shall be judge? It cannot be meant, Who shall decide the controversy? Everyone knows what Jephthah here tells us, that the Lord the Judge shall judge. Where there is no judge on earth, the appeal lies to God in heaven. That question then cannot mean, Who shall judge? Whether another hath put himself in a state of war with me, and whether I may, as Jephthah did, appeal to heaven in it. Of that I myself can only be judge in my own conscience, as I will answer it at the great day, to the supreme judge of all men. Chapter four of Slavery. Section twenty two. The natural liberty of man is to be free from any superior power on earth and not to be under the will or legislative authority of man, but to have only the law of nature for his rule. The liberty of man in society is to be under no other legislative power but that established by consent in the commonwealth, nor under the dominion of any will or restraint of any law, but what that legislative shall enact, according to the trust put in it. Freedom, then, is not what Sir Robert Filmer tells us, Observations A. 55. A liberty for everyone to do what he lists, to live as he pleases, and not to be tied by any laws. But freedom of men under government is, to have a standing rule to live by, common to everyone of that society, and made by the legislative power erected in it. A liberty to follow my own will in all things, where the rule prescribes not, and not to be subject to the inconstant, uncertain, unknown, arbitrary will of another man, as freedom of nature is, to be under no other restraint but the law of nature. Section 23. This freedom from absolute, arbitrary power is so necessary to, and closely joined with, a man's preservation, that he cannot part with it, but by what forfeits his preservation and life together. For a man, not having the power of his own life, cannot, by compact, or his own consent, enslave himself to any one, nor put himself under the absolute arbitrary power of another to take away his life, when he pleases. Nobody can give more power than he has himself, and he cannot take away his own life, cannot give another power over it. Indeed, having by his fault forfeited his own life, by some act that deserves death, he to whom he has forfeited it may, when he has him in his power, delay to take it, and make use of him to his own service, and he does him no injury by it. For, whenever he finds the hardship of his slavery outweigh the value of his life, it is in his power, by resisting the will of his master, to draw on himself the death he desires. Section 24. This is the perfect condition of Slavery which is nothing else but the state of war continued between a lawful conqueror and a captive. For if once compact enter between them, and make an agreement for a limited power on the one side and obedience on the other, the state of war and slavery ceases, as long as the compact endures. For, as has been said, no man can, by agreement, pass over to another that which he hath not in himself, A power over his own life. I confess, we find among the Jews as well as other nations that men did sell themselves, but it is plain this was only to drudgery, not to slavery. For it is evident the person sold was not under an absolute, arbitrary, despotical power, for the master could not have power to kill him, at any time, whom, at a certain time, he was obliged to let go free out of his service. And the master of such a servant was so far from having an arbitrary power over his life that he could not, at pleasure, so much as maim him. But the loss of an eye or tooth set him free. Exodus 21 Tis the gift to be simple. Tis the gift to be free. Tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right... T'will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right.